Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hello, everyone. Chad Farrah here from the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. As you probably guessed from the title of this episode, I'm going to cover the definition of earner under Meyer and its impact on the entitlements of injured persons to weekly payments under the Act. So looking at it broadly, injured persons are entitled to weekly payments to compensate for their partial or total wage loss as a result of an MVA, of course, but only if they were an earner when they were injured. This requirement is stipulated under sections 3.6, 3.7 and 3.8 of the Maya. Those sections deal with the entitlement to weekly payments from, say, the first entitlement period to, well, infinity and beyond. Those of you who've seen Toy Story will probably get this. But jokes aside, when I say infinity, I mean up to a maximum of 260 weeks in some cases, or until a common law claim under Maya is finalised. Check out section 3.12, subsection 2 for more details. But back to the key question, what exactly is an earner? Well, there really isn't a clear definition of that word or that concept, I should say, under the workers' compensation scheme, most probably because in that scheme, everyone who is injured during the course of their employment was presumably employed and earning something. Under the workers' comp scheme, your claim is either a workers' comp claim or it is not. That in itself informs whether you were, quote, an earner or not. Under the CTP scheme, claimants do not usually sustain compensable injuries during the course of their employment. I mean, they can, but not always. In fact, that's not the case most of the time. So now that we have a CTP scheme that allows weekly payments to those injured claimants, it is no wonder that Maya sought to define the word earner. Looking at Schedule 1 of Maya, I'm going to articulate a checklist test that we can all use. Hopefully, that checklist will not extend to infinity and beyond. So here we go. Number one, was the person at least 15 years of age at the time of the accident? If the answer is no, then they were not an earner. Done. No need to continue. If the answer is yes, however, we need to turn to question two. Question two, was the person retired permanently from all employment at the time of the accident? If the answer is yes, then they were not an earner. Even if they had done some work in the prior year, the minute they retire completely, and I mean not partially, before the MVA, they are no longer an earner. If the answer is no again, we turn to question three. Question three. Was the person in receipt of weekly payments under the Workers' Compensation Act at the time of the MVA? If the answer is yes, then they were an earner. Remember, those weekly benefits um, under the Workers' Comp Act need not relate to the losses arising from the MVA. They are simply considered as a substitute for the claimant's pre-MVA wages which the claimant would have received and continued receiving had they not suffered their workplace accident. Hence, they would have been classified as an earner under Maya at the time of the MVA, but for the workplace accident. If the person was not in receipt of workers' comp weeklies, then we need to turn to question four. Was the person employed, including for themselves, by the way, at any time during the eight weeks immediately prior to the MVA? If the answer is yes, even for a week or two in that period, in fact, even for an hour or two in that period, then they were an earner. If the answer is no, then, well, yep, you guessed it, question five. Question five. Was the person employed or self-employed during a period equal to a total of 13 weeks during the 12 months immediately before the MVA? 
Remember, those 13 weeks don't have to be consecutive. It could be three weeks in the first month, three weeks in the fourth month, and then seven weeks in the fifth month before the MBA, as an example. If the answer is yes, then the person was an earner. If not, we move on again. Question six. Was the person employed or self-employed for a period equal to a total of 26 weeks in the 24 months before the MVA? The catch here is that we are dealing with a two-year period prior to the MVA, not a one-year period. Again, those 26 weeks need not be consecutive. So for example, a person could work for 20 consecutive weeks in year one and then six weeks in the six months before the MVA and still be considered an earner. If not, then we move on again. Lastly, question seven. Did the person have plans to commence employment for someone else or for themselves prior to the MVA? If so, then they were an earner, even if they were not actually earning anything at the time of the MVA. Schedule 1 interestingly states that any such arrangement does not need to be by way of an enforceable contract, which, I mean, is fairly broad. Anyway, if the answer is yes, then the person was an earner. If not, then the person was not an earner by all counts. That concludes the checklist. Now, it is important to remember that partial or total wage loss for the purposes of the Act is one that arises from, and I quote, loss incurred or likely to be incurred in a person's income from personal exertion. That is the definition under Schedule 1. In other words, Maya says you cannot be compensated for money lost if you did not work for that money in the first place, which makes sense in theory. Things that are specifically excluded, amongst other things, are rents, interests, and dividends. Anyway, that's the law. What if we were to try applying that law to some hypothetical facts? Take Chris, for example. Chris is a young, aspiring musician who has never had a job. Instead, for the last year, he has been focused on his YouTube channel, where he uploads videos of himself playing instrumental covers on his electric guitar, in the hopes that he would be scouted by a professional band. It was always Chris's dream to be a rock star. Unfortunately, Chris was involved in MVA, in which he sustained several fractures to his left arm and nerve damage. He could no longer play the guitar to the same level that he did prior to the MVA. One day, a few weeks after Chris was discharged from hospital, he received a call from a prominent Sydney band who had come across one of his videos online. They were interested in signing Chris as their lead guitarist on a lucrative contract. This included an international tour. Chris sadly had to decline the offer because of his injuries. Now, who can answer this? Was Chris an earner under mine? Why or why not? Have a think and send me an email with your thoughts, please. I promise to buy the winner of the best answer a coffee and to discuss their answer on the next occasion. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.